Welcome to the podcast. I'm Joel here with my dad. Hey, we're glad you're with us for another adventure into who knows what. Where yeah. are we going today? Yes, dad, I want to talk today about whether God tests us. And I'll never forget, I was going through a really hard time. Somebody had really hurt me in, in, and uh, and I remember you said, Joel, this is, this is one of those tests that God puts before us to see if we're going to rise above. And you said, and you, if you pass the test, you get to move along to the next level. And if you don't, he'll give you the test again. And, and I've always held on to that. Well, mm-hmm. I, was, I wrote that in a book one time. And somebody, somebody was reading through the book, stopped me and said, uh, or contacted me and said, hey, I do not agree with what you've said here. God does not test us. And I said, well, what do you mean? I've always believed God tested. I was like, that's a pretty standard thing to believe. But, mm-hmm. but this person said, no, God does not test us. Sure, there's bad things that happen to us, but you're saying God sent those things to us to see if we're ready. And I said, well, I think there's a lot of biblical proof for my point of view. And this person said, I think there's a lot of biblical proof from my <laughs> point of view. Uh-huh. So I, it's, I always took it for granted that yes, God does test us, but there's a lot of people that say God doesn't test us. So- Let's talk about that. Does God test us? And why would he test us? And what's the end goal of the test? Well, obviously, um, I think he does uh, uh, send and allow tests to come our way. Um, and it's kind of like, um, uh, what you say, the, the, the uh, testing of metal. You, uh, you, it goes through hard times and it goes through difficult times to prove it, to test it. It's, uh, it makes it tougher, makes it more resilient. The heat, right? It's the, the yeah. heat that melts out the impurities. Yeah. yeah. And you could say just uh, that those, some of those do just come from life. But in that case, then it's just, life's just a random uh, series of problems. Which I think is what this person would say. Yeah, life's just a random Which is a theological construct. Yeah. But right. I, I believe that God has, uh, God has a goal for us. And so if you have a goal, if you're trying to create something, if you're trying to, let's say, make a knife, because that's something you'd make in fire and you'd polish and it'd be roughed up pretty much the metal, you don't just let a random sort of thing happen to it. You've got a very specific design as to how you are shaping that thing. And of course, this is all analogy. And so let's look at some scripture, though, about that. I believe God tested Abraham mm. when he said, I want you to take your son, your only son. I want you to take him up and offer him. Well, why did he do that? Well, okay, here we're getting into some really deep theological waters. But he says why he did it. He said, for now, I know that you will not withhold your only son. And of course, you know, the, the, some theologians would say, well, that was just a, a personification where he was putting it in a way that Abraham would understand it. And I tend to think that what God said is what he meant. He said, for now, I know. That's Genesis 22, I just pulled it up. It says, do not lay a hand on the boy. He's right about to stab him. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you've not withheld your, from me your son, your only son. Now I know. Whoa. So did God to not prove- know ahead of time? Wow. I, guess, I mean, that's what, it, that's what a test is about. Like, I need to know you know this stuff. Yeah. I need to know that it's not just something in your head, but I need to know that you truly fear me and that I'm number one in your life. Which this would qualify as not a random thing. Abraham didn't no. just get it in his mind. Like, no, he oh, didn't. I think I need to go to, no, this was a, an authoritative command. Go do this. And it was a major test of faith. Yeah. And I, I would say it was a test of faith and it was a test and, and it was a test where God needed to know. And that's hard for us to understand because we think that God knows everything. 
Um, and of course, the open theologian would say, back, God, "Back to no. a theological construct." Yeah. Does God go know everything? Yeah. yeah, the open theologian would say that a God only knows that which can be known, and He doesn't know our decisions ahead of time. Which would Abraham's story would fit into? Yeah, and that's a perfect example of that. Yeah. For now, I know. How do Calvinists work, squeak around that one? Um, I've never thought about that in terms of I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a mediocre Calvinist, so I. <laughs> yeah, I'm not real sure how they deal with that either, but I'm sure there's a good answer there. It's probably the personification thing. Oh, you know? maybe we, we some Calvinists can comment on this, you yes. know, and let us know what they think about that yeah. one. You know, I wish I was a better Calvinist to be able to defend this case, but I'm not. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm pretty good one as far as most things, but, but this that is one is, I don't really know. That is one because it's like, well, now I know. Whoa, hold on, you should have already known that, man. Yeah, I thought you knew everything. Yeah. But again, the idea being, if he does know everything, then really, then the Calvinist story is true, and everything that you're, you're just playing a videotape. It's right. already laid so out. He was just playing this out. Well, now I know because it has been accomplished because you have done what I set out for you to do. Yeah, I just needed you to do this, Abraham, to prove to you that you yeah. really love me. Yeah. Well, you know, Lord, maybe you could have uh, just told me if you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is an element of test proving to yourself too that you're True. ready for it. So there, yeah. uh, ooh, there's a two-sided yeah. thing to it. There's proving God saying, okay, are you ready for the next thing I'm going to put? I mean, because that's essentially what a test does. You take a final exam. Are you ready to get out of this class and yeah. move on to the next class? And yeah. well, I don't think you learned what you needed to learn here. You're going to have to retake the class, which is basically what you said to me. God always allows retakes, Yeah. but you get to decide, am I going to pass it the first time or am I going to have to take the retake? Which is, that goes back to that analogy is, is you know, if, if a kid's not ready to get out of kindergarten, if they still can't color, what do you have to do to pass kindergarten? Uh, Re read or? Probably turn six. I probably better, I I probably better <laughs> figure that out before my daughter graduates kindergarten. Because <laughs> that, <laughs> that depends on which kindergarten you're in. It used to be with me. If you could tie your shoe, man, you made it out of kindergarten, right. you know? Now it's like, if you can do subtraction, addition, and multiplication. Yeah, it's, it's changed a lot. So- that will say, okay, you're ready to advance to the next level, which, yeah. I mean, that, that fits in with what God is doing for us. He's, he's making us into who he intends for us to be. That's the sanctification process is mm -hmm. you becoming all you're supposed to be, all that God intends for you to be more like Jesus. Um, and uh, I, I think it's interesting. There's a verse that, and I, again, it's way above my head theologically, level theologically, but it says Jesus learned from what he suffered. Yeah, It's like, Jesus also had tests put upon him. I mean, the testing in the wilderness. Right. Uh, was those were those tests at the hand of God, or did they just happen to happen? I mean, that's and 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 immediately after those tests, yeah, he entered into his earthly ministry. So that's, oh, we don't have to wonder about that because the scripture tells us that it was the Spirit who drove him into the wilderness. After he came up out of the water, the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. So God put him in there to be tested. Yeah. Okay. So then there's the next question. There's tests and then there's temptations. Are yeah. temptations tests? Um, they probably are, but it, the scripture does very clearly say that God doesn't tempt us that's with where it evil. Gets, so that's where I think people get hung yeah. up. You're like, well, why would God you know, put a temptation to doubt him mm -hmm. in? Well, I don't think he would tempt us to doubt him because again, he doesn't tempt us. And in fact, that kind of explains a little bit. Let me go back to where you said Jesus learned obedience by the things he suffered. And of course, the things we ask is, well, what was his suffering on the cross? His suffering this and that. It says very clearly in the scripture, it's a few chapters before, a few chapters after, I can't remember which, but it says that the suffering that he learned from was the suffering of temptation because his learning was more a matter of experiential. He didn't learn intellectually anything there, but he experienced temptation. Mm -hmm. He had never 
been tempted to disobey the father or to rebel against the father before. So if you've never, you can't learn obedience if you've never been tempted to disobey. And so that's what it's saying. He learned, what did he learn? He learned obedience through the suffering of being tempted to disobey the father. And so you can't be, you can't be obedient if you have no choice to be disobedient. If we had no, it goes back to that free will, free moral agency thing. If we had no choice but to obey God, then there's no value in that because we couldn't disobey God. And so he learned what it means to be obedient by being tempted to be disobedient. Which that makes could, sense. could qualify as a test because Abraham got tested yeah. in that way. Are you going to be obedient to what I've said? And that's what he was doing. He was in the cross. Okay, here, do this, Jesus. Uh, make this into bread. Don't think so. So then, okay, let no man say when he is tempted that I am tempted by God. Was that from James? Right, yeah, but that's yep. tempted. Okay. Versus being tested. Okay. Now, temptation, I suppose, could be a test, but I, I would agree with your friend that I don't believe God would send a temptation upon us. Right. Although in the prayer, he says, lead us not into temptation. Yeah, what's up with that? But deliver us it's, from evil. That's... <laughs> it is kind of a weird one. Why would we pray that? Yeah. When it says clearly that God tempts no man. Did we misunderstand the original event? Or yeah, I don't know. We'll go back to the original no, Greek. Yeah. So there's there's temptation and then there's tests. And I, that's where I think, of course, temptation would be to do something wrong. A test would be to see, are you ready to go yeah. to the next level? And I would say tests too, that, that there are some tests that come into our life that are just part of living. For example, the situation where you said where you'd been mistreated and you know, you felt like you'd been abused. Right. Um, and so this is an opportunity for the Lord to see in you. Is, are you going to walk through this with grace? Are you going to walk through this trusting me? Are you going to walk through this? Are you going to come out bitter on the other side? Are you going to come out better on the other side? And it all depends on your response there. And, you know, I've, I've just seen this so often too. I've, as you've talked earlier about, we've seen so many people that seem to have great potential in ministry. They had a heart for ministry, a desire to do something really significant with their life. And then you find out years later, they just sort of washed out and, you know, shipwrecked as yeah. term Paul uses. And so many times when you go back at that, you look at one of two things, either they got overwhelmed by their emotions and they refused to, they, they put their emotions and their feelings over what the word of God says. And I think the other one, and these two are tied together, the other one then is they chose not to forgive in a situation. Mm. And so many times they allow bitterness to spring up, that root of bitterness to spring up, whereby many are defiled. And so they get shipwrecked. And again, part of that is because their feelings were bigger than, than their, the God of the Bible, you might say. Yeah, which, which would fit in with fear would be one of those feelings. Because that's what I see with a lot of people is they come up to a precipice and God's like, all right. I got something ahead for you. Are you going to take this step? And there's this yeah. test of, are you going to, essentially, Abraham style, are you going to lay this on the altar? Yeah. And, oh, that's just too high of a cost. And then they end up circling back around yeah. the tree. I've seen that with a lot of people. I've seen guys that have been called to ministry, say, and um, they got wounded early on or something and they didn't, you know, they, they just can never get past it. So they go get a corporate job and there's still something in them longing that there's yeah. supposed to be more, but they're, the fear is... Uh, I'm going to get hurt again, or the fear is, um, or just the fear of, you know, what if I don't have the financial security I need doing this? Right, yeah. And they end up for the rest of their life circling around. And, you know, I don't- And I don't, blaming God for it many times. Yeah, and I don't know that God's going, you know, they're, they're, they're still in, in the gate. Yeah. They're going to make it to heaven. Yeah. But I think that comes down to, 
Are we going to complete the work God gave us? And that is oftentimes, many, many ways, up to us, the level of the work of completion. The work is complete in terms of your salvation. Yeah. But the outflowing of what are you going to do with that, that's a that's where it comes down to. Well, and the sad part is too that whatever the work that we complete here on earth is really just sort of preparing us for the next uh, assignment that comes after, that comes in eternity. And so, you know, the old saying, we're training for reigning. You know, this life is just really all about preparing us for the next life. It's all about preparing us for eternity. And so if you fail to do that, you know, that's the sad part. It's like, okay, well, I didn't, you know, do whatever it was I was supposed to accomplish on earth, but it's like the guy with the talents. Oh, so you buried your talent. You know, you were afraid, and so you buried your talent. Well, the problem is, yeah, you're going to make it into the kingdom, but yeah. the other guy is going to, you know, who knows what you're going to be doing there. It's not going to be what the full potential of what God had for you for eternity. I, I think a lot of times the test is, the, yeah, it's that. What is stewardship? What, what are you going to do with the cards that you've been dealt? Um, because, for example, well, I only got one talent. Well, what did you do with it? Well, nothing. Okay, well, sorry, buddy. Like, Why would I give you five if yeah. you're going to do nothing with one? So, and which is essentially the definition of stewardship is doing the best you can with what you got. Right. And so the question, the test is, what are you doing with what you've been given? You say, well, man, I grew up in a really crummy town. My parents were horrible. My dad left the family when I was young. Um, I got nothing to give. Well, well what are you going to do with the nothing you have to give? Because you do have something to give. And then that's the test really is, are you going to take what you've got or are you going to sit around and, and complain about it and you know lament yeah. the injustice of the world? And I think that in many ways, that's the test really comes down to what are you going to do with the cards you've been handed? Yeah, and, and to, to move from the, uh, the talent, the banking illustration to an to a agricultural illustration, you know, if you've been given one seed, you haven't been given a handful of seeds. So what are you going to do with that one seed? I'm just, I can't do anything with one seed. You could plant that one seed. And if you plant that one seed, then guess what's going to happen? In a period of time, there's going to be more seeds. And then you plant more That's of those right. and more That's and more right. and more. And so it works the same way. That's what Jesus said. You could have at least put that one talent into the bank and I could have made interest on it. You could have at least planted that one seed and I would have gotten more seeds back. But you, you didn't. You hid it because you were afraid. And so, yeah, a lot of times it is that jumping out. And, and again, the Lord said, if, if you're not going to be faithful with these trivial things of the earth, these temporal things, who's going to entrust you real spiritual values? So it is a lot about, it's a matter of, um, of God, he does test us because again, does he not know? I don't, I don't know. It kind of sounds like in Abraham that he doesn't know. He wants to know and wants to find out so that he can then entrust us with more. And Job's another situation of a man. Again, I think many tests just come upon us. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, you get hurt, Here's a test. Here's a chance. You can make the best of it and come out of it right. And it, and but I think and then some tests I think are actually sent from God. Which, the one with Job sure was sent from the Lord. Which now that I think about it, the person that complained about what I'd written in that book, I I called some things somebody had done against me the test mm-hmm. that God had sent, and that person did not like that. That's yeah. what it was, and that was probably just one of those tests of life. There are tests just because you're in the fallen world. Yeah. But it, but it could still be at the hand of God because he allowed it to happen. Precisely. Yeah. In fact, you know, I, similar situation. I w- had been, you know, beat up a little bit one by the church. Oh, surprise. And uh, I was kind of talking to the Lord about it one time. I said, man, God, if I allowed my kids to treat one another the way you allow your kids to treat one another, I'd be a terrible father. You don't even do anything about it. In fact, you seem to reward the abuser sometimes, you know. I'd be a terrible father. 
And I felt like the Lord just, because many times what we see happening, we think it's about this person or about that person. And the Lord says, I really felt like the Lord said to me, that was for you. I, I really feel like the Lord allows these things to happen many times because they happen so much. It couldn't be just happenstance. And I felt like the Lord said, I did bring that on you because I needed to see if you're ready for the next thing. And I think I'd shared this story before. And I realized that that was a test to see, okay, can I handle this? Because if I can't handle this, if I can't handle first grade stuff, then I'm not ready for third grade. If I can't add two plus two, I'm not ready for algebra. And so the Lord wants to entrust us with greater and greater responsibility, which brings with it greater and greater joy. But he has to know, because if, if adding and subtracting overwhelms me, I'm not going to be ready for dealing with variables and algebra and all those things, which by the way, I never was anyway, but (laughs) just to use a math example. But the point is you've got to pass, you've got to pass basic mathematics before you're ready for algebra or trigonometry or whatever. Yeah, that's good. So I was right. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, that's what this whole purpose of this podcast is, to prove us right. But I... I think one of the things I want to just close with is this, that if you feel right now like the Lord is testing you, it's not yeah. because you've done anything wrong. No, not at all. It's part of the nature of growth. And I think that's a lot of times you say, why did this come upon me? I must have done something wrong. Mm. No, no, no. In fact, it's more than likely that God's saying, wow, you're doing so good. Just need to make sure you've got this exactly down from all angles so that I can move you to the next level. And the tests that are in front of you right now, the challenge that are in front of you, Um, If you'll reframe it from the perspective of it's not because you did something wrong. Some of it's just life, but anything Uh that life hands you, again, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with the cards that have been handed to you? How are you going to play them? And if you play them to the best of your ability, um, it's preparation for advancement. We did it in another podcast. We talked about how you know you're growing when you get pruned. Mm, right. It's like, whoa, that, that, and that's a test. Like, how are you going to respond when all of a sudden you're, you're growing? You're like, man, I'm popping out some grapefruit. And then God's like, whack, takes it away from you. And you go, what? Well, hey, that was a sign you were producing fruit because if you produce fruit, he's going to prune you. Yeah. It's, yeah. And Job's a perfect example of that. Job had did nothing wrong. Yeah. You know, who's, who's responsible for Job's problems? It wasn't him. It was God brought that upon him. God allowed the devil to. And he brought to, that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think the other thing is when those problems do come our way just because of the cause of life or somebody mistreating us and just because we live in a fallen world, we still need to know that that came to us. It was, it, nothing comes to us that doesn't first pass through the hand of the Lord. Satan couldn't have brought those things against Job without the permission. And so the Lord said, okay, you can go this far and no further. Well, mm. then he came back. Okay, now you can go this far and no further. And so the Lord is going to bring those things upon us as uh, that we might, sometimes it's more than we can handle, so that we might learn to trust in him. And that's what Paul said. I don't want you to be ignorant about what happened to us in Asia. We were at the end of our rope. We were tested. We were being proven. We, were, we, we just thought we were going to die. But it was so we would learn to put our hope and our trust in God. And I think that's one of the best things we can learn from tests is to put our hope and our trust fully and squarely in the Lord. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you want more information from Joel or Rick, you can visit joelmalm.com or rickmalm.com. Please consider leaving a review of the podcast.